There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before you near to the heart of God. I've always loved that old hymn. And uh, the reason is, I think it fits right now into our worship series. Uh, James writes something really good, I believe, in chapter 4, 8, where he says, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. And in verse 10, he says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. God has already come near to us, I believe, in the person of Jesus Christ. God was born. God-man Jesus came in the flesh so that we could identify with Him. But we also have the Holy Spirit that lives in us. If we belong to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us. So, so God has given us Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He's come near to us. And I guess what I'm saying is, it's our turn. And I, I love that old plaque that was always around that said, if you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? God never moves. He's always with us. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm weary. Now, weary is a demonstrative word when you think about it. I, I think weary is deeper than being tired. Weary means that I'm not only weary in my physical body, but I'm weary in my mind and in my soul. And I think we've got a lot of people, maybe even uh, a big percentage of our culture, even Christians who feel weary most of the time, particularly in these days. Uh, let me say something that, that you might not understand, but I hope I can make you understand it. It's not the date, guys, it's the hate. In other words, we are talking about worshiping God from the inside out, but we're also talking about living for God daily from the inside out. So it's what's on the inside that comes out of us. So I think there's a lot of hate in people's lives. There's a lot of uh, turmoil and confusion because they don't know Jesus. And they don't know to worship God. They don't know to go to God. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's not the date. It's the hate. Uh, and here's the thing. 2020 was not, is not the first year that mankind's had problems. All kinds of problems. There's been many years where there, it's been tough for people. In fact, from the time we were created, it's been tough. But here's the thing. Uh, it won't be the last time either. Uh, I've said it. You said it. Can't wait till 2020 ends. Can't wait for the new year. It can't get here soon enough. I hear it from everybody. I've even said it myself. But we need to understand something. Uh, we live in an imperfect world. And, and the thing is, I'm weary. I know you are. Uh, I'm weary of this stinking virus. I'm weary of being in a year of politics, uh, presidential election right in the middle of this virus. I'm weary of untimely death. I'm weary of, of relationship strain and stress. I'm weary of bickering and arguing and riots and destruction. And I'm weary of isolation where we've had to be locked away at certain times because of the virus. I'm weary of personal sin. I don't know about you, 
but I still battle sin in my life. And, and we are to, to mature in Christ Jesus, so it's difficult at times. I love what Jesus says and is recorded in Matthew 6, uh, 34. Therefore, He says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The psalmist penned it like this in Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So here's my question for you today as we talk about worship. Who do you go to? Where do you go? When you are weary of soul, mind, heart, everything, where do you go? To whom do you run? And that, that's a great question. Actually, what are you thinking and how are you feeling today? See, all of this wraps up into each one of us. I submit that what we've been trying to say in these three sermons is that you need to personally worship God every day and you need to personally worship God when you come together corporately with everybody in, the, in a room or a place. And, and that's a big part of who we are as Christians. It's about being the church and not going to church. We've established that traditionally we go to church and, and we go to church Mainly, we've thought it's for us, but it's not. It's for God. In Psalm 130, David, uh, David writes this psalm, and I want to read it to you. And uh, it, it's powerful. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry of mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. And he repeats that, more than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, and I would change that to, O Christian, O disciple of Jesus, Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. He Himself will redeem Israel. He Himself will redeem the disciple of Jesus Christ from all their sin. Listen, that psalm is so powerful, uh, particularly a word for us in this 21st century and particularly in 2020. Now, here's the thing. Can you say this morning without any hesitation that you run to God in your times of trouble? When you are weary, do you run to God? I think it's a powerful question. It's a provocative question. And I remind each one of us that God has already come near to us. He has proven that He is a loving, caring, and forgiving God. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I'm praying there's no doubt about that in your mind. In John 13, 30, I mean 16, 33, Jesus says this. He says, I have told you these things. Now, what things he's talking about, he's told them that the Holy Spirit will be coming to take his place to live in us. And he's talking about his leaving. You know, in, in chapter 14, it's recorded where he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms. If 
were not so, I wouldn't have told you. Then he ends it up by saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, so that's the things he's talking about. And he says, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Back two Sundays ago, I began my message by talking about the Apollo 13 uh, problem that in space. Houston, we have a problem. And I, I changed it to church, we have a problem because we traditionally were not looking at worship like we should. But what you might not know, and you may forget the history, but in 1967, tragedy struck. Uh, Grissom, White, and Chaffee gave their lives, and they were not in space. They were doing a test in the, in the modular that they would be in space in, and something went wrong, and a fire broke out, and they were asphyxiated and died right there with mission control watching. And after that, the wives of these dead astronauts asked that the Apollo that that one be called Apollo 1 and that every Apollo mission from then on would be in consecutive order. And that's what they did. You see, the aftermath changed mission control forever because Gene Krantz, who was the director of missions, he made a speech. He brought everybody in that was involved in the Apollo 1 tragedy. And he made a speech. And I want to read it to you won't take long, but it's powerful. And this is a, a leadership work that you don't need to ever forget. He speaks and he says, Every element of the program was in trouble, and we were. The simulators were not working. Mission control was behind in virtually every area, and the flight and test procedures changed daily. Nothing we did had any shelf life. Not one of us stood up and said, damn it, stop. And I apologize for the word, but he said it. I don't know what Thompson's committee will find as the cause, but I know what I find. We are the cause. We were not ready. We did not do our job. We were rolling the dice, hoping that things would come together by launch day. When in our hearts, we knew it would take a miracle. We were pushing the schedule. From this day forward, he said, Flight control will be known by two words, tough and competent. Tough means we are forever accountable for what we do and what we fail to do. We will never again compromise our responsibilities. Every time we walk into mission control, we will know what we stand for. Competent means we will never take anything for granted. We will never be found short in our knowledge and in our skills. Mission control will be perfect. And here's what he says. When you leave this meeting today, you will go to your office. And the first thing you will do is to write tough and competent on your blackboards. It will never be erased. Each day when you enter the room, these words will remind you of the price paid by Grissom, White, and Chaffee. These words are the price of admission to the ranks of mission control. Now, what a speech. Tough. 
Forever we will be accountable for what we do and what we fail to do. Folks, we're disciples of Jesus. If a man makes a speech like that to a group of people trying to get a, a rocket into space, how important is it that we hold ourselves accountable for being disciples of Jesus? we got to be tough in that respect, competent, never take anything for granted. How many days do we go through our lives without worshiping God, praying to God, reading our Scripture? How many days do we really give God the time that He deserves? If we don't, we're not competent. We're not competent disciples. How are we going to be disciples that make disciples that make disciples? Ask yourself that question over and over again. We, we cannot be like this man described. We can't be too busy that we ignore the problems in our lives and give them over to God. We can't be too apathetic to say, stop, I need to do something about what's going on in my life. We can't be too prideful to say, we are the cause. I'm, I'm causing a lot of my difficulty in life just by the choices that I make. We are not ready as disciples if this is the way we are. We're not doing our job, as Gene Krantz told his people. And here's a basic question if you're not in Christ, even maybe if you are a disciple. Are you just rolling the dice, hoping that things will come out together? You're rolling the dice in life, hoping things will come out good. Well, listen, I'm here to tell you today that that doesn't happen. You have to put yourself in to God's will every day, every moment of our lives. Each one of us do. In fact, the thing, the thing is, we're weary. And the question is, will we write two words where we can see them each day? Not tough and competent. The two words that I suggest you write somewhere in your home, every morning when you get up, you see it. When you walk back in your house, you see it. Those two words are worship God as a reminder that we are to give Him everything. Privately, we worship Him. Personally, we worship Him. But we come together with a body on the Lord's Day to worship together because there's benefits for our growth and our maturity as disciples in both of those things. Maybe I asked this question in the first sermon. Maybe what we think worship is really isn't. True worship is God-centered, not me-centered. Remember Jesus said, worship in truth and spirit. And then Ryan, in a great practical sermon last Sunday, he said, look, we need to find a place to worship. We need to, we need to make a space and we need to pace ourselves. We need to keep a pace that keeps us on schedule with God and worship in our lives. What practical things to put into your life. I want to end up by using Psalm 34 and 5 from the Message Translation. All you saints, sing your hearts out to God. Thank Him to His face. I love that. He gets angry once in a while, but across a lifetime there's only love. The nights of crying your eyes out give way to days of laughter. In the old King James it says, joy comes in the morning. Guys, we're all weary. Put those two words somewhere. Worship God.
and draw near to Him, and He will draw near to you every moment of every second of your life so that you are never alone and you are worshiping Him with everything in you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your Word that's powerful. We thank You for moments that we can sit together and share. We ask, Lord, that You would uh, take all of these words, You would take this idea, and and You would use it to grow us as disciples of Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen.